As we sit here right now, getting ready to record this episode, Batavia looks out her window from the second floor and she sees nothing but a sunflower head. The reality is it's going to be gone soon and we need to figure out how to get our summer gardens ready for fall right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the backyard gardener, and Batavia, the front yard gardener. One in the country. One in the city. Now get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, as we learn to grow and grow for change. Damn, you weren't lying. You really could see that sunflower. <laughs> right there from the top. Yeah, I thought about you because I remember we were talking about a pain point for big sunflowers or you have to stake them. And I was all like, I'm going to plant them near the fence. Staking will not be required. Those heads got so big and they're drooping. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I got you. So thank you. Know, I have a confession to make right off the bat before mm-hmm. we do anything. I can't grow a sunflower. No, you can. Uh, you know what? They all failed this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's quite all right. Um, we're in the process of redesigning our flower beds, mm-hmm. so we'll see how that goes. But check out all of our links down below. T-shirts just for you. And... Um, I would tell you the coupon code for the t-shirts, but I can't remember. It's in a previous episode. I will uh, interject it at some point during this episode, so um, stay tuned. <laughs> but we have a listener question, and it goes directly in line with today's topic. You ready? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting on the edge of your seat. Do you clean your garden out for fall? Oh. That's a good one. And everybody's got a different answer. Yeah. Um, So everyone has multiple answers because my first answer is um, if I've let a garden bed get away from me. So as a whole, my garden, no. Do I kind of spot clean (laughs) like I do in my side (laughs) of my house? (laughs) Yeah. So um, I think is the person really asking, like, do you clear the space out completely, like with what's planted? Yeah, I believe that's what is being asked. Yeah, um, I do not. Not. uh, So do you do anything like that, though? The only thing I'd say is I will plan on pulling all of my potatoes out just because of what they are. I have beds dedicated to potatoes, so I do clean like that bed out. Right. Um, because my fall gardening overlaps my summer so much. Um, I still have things growing that I want to leave in, so that's the reason why I don't clear the space. I kind of wish I, I had the, you know what, to do that, but I don't. I don't know what you're talking about, you know, know what, what. If I had the balls to do it. I mean, come on, we're five minutes into the episode. You have me using this kind of language. Well, I was looking up the um, promotional code for everybody, too. I was multitasking. So the promotional code is grow food. Um, damn, I forgot again. 
Grove Food 21. Okay. So Grove Food 21. But I agree with you on the fact that I wish I had the cojones to go ahead and go through and just rip everything out and get to it. But the reality is you'd lose a lot of growing. Yeah. You, know, you would lose a lot of harvest um, if you did that. So, well, you, well <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. We have the same thought. I'm going to let you take it. Yeah. So total food let's say we were talking about pounds of food to make it easy for my mind you may come out about the same and i know that a leafy green weighs less than a tomato but let's just pretend that this is all equal if you were to clear your garden out you'd likely do it earlier sure you'd still have vegetables that could be setting fruit if you were to do this that you won't be able to let get to the point of harvest um, but I think that it would lead to a um, better planned and planted fall garden. Um, I actually I'm going to try to make a note to really consider how much more how many more vegetables I get off of these plants. Because at that point, when I'm thinking about summer to fall, a lot of my things are ripening. I'm not getting they're They're not there's not flowers on my pepper plant that are going to turn into full fledged peppers between you know, September and my first frost. That's not going to happen. But you hope there is. Yeah, you oh hope. yeah, that's you the have, garden fool I mean, that I am. let's be realistic. Yeah, we're all garden fools. We're garden idiots. We're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, it's it's going to happen. That flower, I got a flower, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take long either. I'm going to get it. You know, everybody's See, no, whispering. It's not, and, I don't think it's that. I don't think anyone's looking at, well, maybe some. We're not I looking am. at the individual flowers and saying, I think we're looking and saying this plant is still producing. So the sign of that, the plant's healthy. You do have flowers on it. You have pepper, using peppers as an example, you have peppers on it. So you're like, this thing is still producing. If you were to strip everything off of that plant, maybe you have a shot. Again, we're talking about from when this airs to like my first frost, I got another two months, you know, but two months of not hot, hot summer weather either. You yeah. Know? So all I mean, of that folds in th- for me. So what you're talking about is less than ideal conditions. Come um, on with it. Yeah. I felt, you know, when I said that, it felt good coming out too. Um, But that's what it is. So like in my area, we, it's the opposite. It's the less than ideal conditions for the fall food. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the purpose of me ripping everything out, it wouldn't really help because it's too hot for this other stuff. So Mm -hmm. you could very easily just go straight to bolt. Yeah. Um, Which happened to me last year. Yeah. So, um, it's it's I mean that's a good solid question and I could see somebody really um wrestling with that. Now I think this year I want to say this and I want to say it on air. I think this year as the summer comes down to an end, you may witness me do more of a massive clean out and a big planting maybe. Um we'll see, you know. There comes a point for us where we're like, eh, I'm not going to hold that tomato plant in there just to get three more tomatoes. Did the listeners, uh, do we have, is it okay to say their listener's name? I don't have their name. Okay. Because as, as we think about Sorry, this, I think having at least one successful season of summer gar- or spring gardening under my belt this spring, having a successful season of fall gardening last year like, I think I'm, I bought into this three season gardening. Like, you know, maybe maybe it will work for me. Um, last year, Leonard I kind of got that boy. Leonard's like, yeah, <laughs> I kind of 
maybe have stumbled into it last year where I, I had a couple of garden beds that had not been planted in. Um, and so in my mind, I'm kind of thinking like, I literally said to myself, when I win the lottery, when I quit my day job, when this is what my life is, I can really see the true, these beds are geared towards summer plantings. These beds are geared towards fall plantings. So there's not, you know, what are there, 16 beds now in the front and backyard? All of them would not be planted right at this moment. You know, it's what can you manage, right? You know, um, giving the soil itty bitty rest. Like there's some logic that I haven't figured out because they I'm shaking the entire desk here. These powerful I thought you were having an earthquake, but I wasn't really, uh, <laughs> I wasn't really going to say anything. Um, anyway, it's, it's a long way around. There, there could be something to that question that makes me rethink the approach I'm taking, but I'm still probably a couple of years off of it. Um, I'm going to be real honest. There are two things that also are in my mind. I had a bowl of collard greens and cornbread before this recording, which is not a good idea. I am, just so you know, hold on. You can see it in my face. Just so you just so you know, yeah. this is we did not record this during the challenge, so duly noted. it is okay. Yeah, so we're we at the end pre-recording. of <laughs> we're at the end of July. We're getting real close to it, yeah, though, so yeah. she's enjoying that cornbread now. Well, this could be breakfast, and we could be recording early in the morning, but we're not. Um, so I'm feeling real heavy. All of that pot liquor is sitting on my stomach, and <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, don't know how clever or helpful I'm going to be, um, and that could be the reason why. I'm also thinking about garden fatigue. Right. So the reality is, I don't know if I really have it in me to clear my entire garden space again. Well, let me go ahead and say this. And I answered this in another way, in another question. Um, And to me, it seemed like it was a profound statement, but it may not be. (laughs) When I started fall gardening, I cared less about diseases and pests in late in the summer because it was more of an opportunity for me to clear space for something else to go into the ground at that time. Um, so like right now I have a husk tomato that is struggling. We got a bunch of rain mm-hmm. and it's just, it looks like it's hurting mm-hmm. and I'm really debating like, you know, it just pull it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just get rid of it because then you just free up that space and I could throw some chard in, I can throw some collards in right about now, you know, we're starting to get to that, right to the beginning edge of where I could plant that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that I, you know, that I've kind of thought about too, is like, instead of like dousing it with chemicals and like stressing, like mm-hmm. just pull it up and get something else in that space if I have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. um, this is, it's a state of mind for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. It does. Okay. I mean, I, we also know you're the king of pull it, you know? So <laughs> yeah, there, well, there comes times when I'm the king of pull it, you know? And yeah. I think you, the reason why is because I have so much of a grace period mm-hmm, of planning mm-hmm. stuff too. Yeah. You know, my I'm not like you where some stuff is, if it doesn't go in now, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, positive peer pressure, you are wearing on me. Uh, Am I? So I think I pulled like all of my white cabbage last year and it's yeah. absolutely through your influence. And this year I'm looking at, um, uh, I think two tomato plants, one for sure. I have a, a paste tomato one of three plants and i'm kind of like eh like i mean you just have a top hat on now i've trimmed all these other leaves <laughs> off you know <laughs> like it just gets to a point where you're like whatever yeah. you know what i mean and by the time this airs it you know there may be some slow singing and flower bringing for that tomato plant but um 
Yeah. All right. Uh, but that's not clearing. Uh, this person is talking about, you know, my front yard garden. Boom. Cleared out empty. Yep. And that's not in my plan. You, you know, the only way I think I could do it, I think if I added more beds in, then I could definitely do a heavier rotation. But I would definitely plant something quick in the summertime in there, too, though. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing. Yeah. And I mean, you got to think about, ugh, I don't even want to think about more beds. I can't afford the wood right now, so. Who are you telling? Um, you, you know that which last I bed s- I made was based on old uh, landscape timbers I had. Like, this is going to work. Yeah. We'll see. And that's one thing I want to say, too, is um, wood prices have gone down. And they've gone down because people like you and me and all the listeners that said, I ain't buying this shit. Mm. I ain't paying for it. And it drove the prices down. So, you know, good job. Good job, everybody. The, the uh, consumer spoke out, and that's that's how it should be. So Way to cut your own trees and create your own. No, that's not what happened. But, yeah. No. Good job. We just went without. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but, so, yeah. But look, this question dovetails directly into our episode. So thank you for your question. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're just going to continue the conversation. (laughs) And uh, just in case you missed it, that coupon code is GROWFOOD21 for the t-shirts. A lot of y'all asked, how can you help support the Backyard Gardens podcast? Well, we have been busy and we have created a t-shirt line just for the gardener. To visit our shop, go to the link in the show notes and check out the t-shirts and other goodies we have. Now, these are super special t-shirts designed just for the gardener. So enjoy. Thank you for supporting the Backyard Gardens podcast. And we'll see you guys after the harvest. Well, we got that out of the way. If you want to prepare your summer garden for your fall garden, um, maybe you shouldn't rip everything out or maybe you should. That's a... uh, polarizing question i believe what do you think is that uh, the correct word to use no but it's okay um, damn <laughs> I, I had it right for once um I, I think your garden space really really so garden space what you're growing now for summer what you plan on growing for fall i think those are the pieces that determine if it's a good idea or not if i had a single yeah. garden bed so in my very first um garden it would have been, I always get the measurements wrong, but four by like 30 feet. Like that was the entire like length of the fence. And if back then I was planting a fall garden, you know, I mean, going back. You like, wouldn't, you wouldn't have planted a fall garden back then though. Well, but we were pretending. So if I were to plant, a, if I were to plant things for fall. I hate playing pretend. Yeah, I think <laughs> I was going to say I would have cleared everything, but I wouldn't have. So let's uh, let's fast forward. Let's say that I only have that space today, four by thirty, right? So I'm going to I'm limited in what I'm growing. Would I then say around August, around the time this is airing, I'm going to pull all of my summer things out and then plant things for fall? I don't know. I don't know myself that well because I mean, on one hand, how do you get fall vegetables without doing that? I know what you would do. Okay, tell me. You wouldn't, or you would add pots. If you really wanted to, you wouldn't pull anything out. That's not a part of the the rule. Oh, you want to hear something great? We're pretending, right? Yeah. Well, no. I'm pretending too. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you want to you want to hear this person that believes she knows herself but clearly doesn't. Uh, so the collard greens that I had in July, which were supposed to be for breakfast, but I ended up getting a late start. Um, they were two of the plants that I grew in containers earlier this spring. It was a part of an experiment, yada, yada, yada. The experiment didn't go well. The greens had been eaten up. And so my plan was to cut all the leaves off, cook them up, and then pull the plants out. So I cut all the leaves up and because off. And because I didn't cut like the entire center, I just couldn't, right? So I took those two plants and put them inside of two gallon buckets, one in each bucket. Put some soil around it. Like, I bet this thing is going to still grow. Because I want to use the containers they were in for my fall planting. Yeah, so that Uh is a step that I do for a fall, right? You know, things like preparing my containers that I had spring or summer things in and saying, okay, let me get ready to plant fall things, prepping the soil and all of that stuff. So, and see, that's, I mean, that just says everything that I said to start off with is that's how you're going to do it. So, you would just find a way Mm -hmm. to add more, which is acceptable, Mm -hmm. I think. And, you know, I know when I started gardening, I'm trying to think back. I think I did try to do a fall planting of like maybe lettuce or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> honestly, by the time summer gets over, there's a lot of empty space in my gardens. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's just been diseased yeah. and stuff like that, which is where I was going to. Um, well, that's not where to start. Um, but the, the important place to start with all of this is knowing when you really start to get a cool down. Excuse me. Bless you. That's you know, on. if you were in public, you'd be better off if you farted. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Um, and I muted the wrong microphone thinking that it wouldn't be in the recording. So <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're allowed to sneeze on this show. Um, um, but so I think that's a big part of it, you know. What and where? What now? What you're planting which we covered in, um, you know, introducing fall planting. You know, yeah. Um, when we were planning our fall garden back in July. Um, but where is going to be the biggest question? And one of the biggest things I have, challenges I have behind, I guess, maybe like the time I have to grow it in. Um, so where are you going to plant them, right? Well, see, and that's the whole thing is, yep. you know, like, you know, like, when does it start to cool down for you? Start to cool down. September. There you go. So by September, you should have things in the ground um, that are getting close to, they're probably about halfway to their finishing point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's something that um, to kind of think about is, and you got to realize too, and we say this all the time, and I'm going to continue to say it, and I don't care if you're tired of hearing it, the sun's lower in the sky, mm-hmm. so you're getting less sun. So you need to add and factor in more time. Yeah. And um, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, because I do listen back to this, perhaps a step that, this is what I want to do. I just don't know if I have the discipline to do it. So everything <laughs> that I grow, I don't love in my garden. I don't realize it until I grow it that I don't love it. Right. You know, so we talk a lot about things that are diseased or things that are poor performing that we pull. Right. Yeah. Or that we, you know, you about browbeat me into pulling. Um, but what about things we just don't like? Again, we're talking about what you're planting and where you're planting it. So if you need to clear space, going back to the question at the top, you know, let's think about some of the vegetables that we just weren't crazy about. Wasn't the best pepper yeah. in the world. Right. You know, um, the 
is it the National Inn Cucumbers that you weren't crazy about? National Pickling yeah. cu- Cucumber, yeah. You know, so again, you're pulling something, making space to grow some more food. You're not yeah. just clearing the space out, right? So you do gain something from it. Um, that's something that I hope to be able to do. I mean, obviously, I hope I love everything I grow, but the reality is that's not going to be the case. Yeah. Um, I remember last year as I looked for some of my like melons and some of the summer melons, like I had a whole plant that was just just one single melon, you know, it's, there's so much skin in the game. It's impossible for you to walk away from that one melon. You right. know, but are you looking closely at the vines? What about the, the melon that's taken up the entire trellis where there's nothing there? Um, which actually is a great point because what I was able to do um, last year, you can pull the plant if you're doing vertical gardening or trellising, you can pull the plant out of the soil. And if the vines are still there, they're there, especially if you're not growing something that's going to uh, climb. Right. Yeah. So all you need really is the soil to grow that thing in. Um, well, you need space around it for it to get air and or sun. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You can you can just leave it there because a lot of times the vines will intertwine around other things too, which can make it dangerous to pull. Exactly. Um, but you know, and I, I agree. And you kind of hinted on it. But the next step, I think, would be to go through and really pull dead stuff and you know, disease and sick and you know anything that's just. I mean, you know, it's like I've got a zucchini plant right now. Um, the little bastard wiped out. 90% of my zucchini, I have one plant left and it's been on death's door for months. And I've just been like, you know what? I'm going to try and bring it back. I'm going to try and bring it back. And I have, so my whole plan for this section is, and this is kind of a story to put you into my mindset is in the fall, I'm putting my Brussels sprouts here. So when my Brussels sprouts seem to go in is around August. So if that doesn't come back by then, then I can pull it. But there's no point in me putting anything in its place right now because it won't get to fruition before I can get in everything else because it was so late in the year. So now that we know that, now you can start to see where my mind is when I'm out in my garden. I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, it's kind of bare, but there's a, there's a solid plan in place. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick to that plan, damn it, because I spent a lot of time making my fall garden plan and I'm not going to screw it up. So... Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. So I still have it. It's, it's, and you know what, it seems to be coming back and it may actually get to the point where I don't want to pull it. Yeah. Um, so I was counting, I think it's eight squash plants, summer squash plants that I have in raised beds and in, um, containers. And so far as of this recording, I see squash vine board damage in two of them. Yeah. Two that I haven't gotten fruit off of yet. Vegetables off of yet. You you know how I'm rolling with this. Yeah. So, uh, so. Uh, just as an update there, um, I think though I want to drill in just a bit further. You absolutely do, do want to make sure that diseased versus damaged tattered leaves are very different, but you want to make sure that you aren't adding new plantings to your garden space and they're surrounded by some diseased plant. You yeah. Know? So sometimes we'll, we'll yeah. let. If you're ending the garden season, you may let something just continue, you know, die its natural death, right? You know, mm-hmm. you only have weeks or maybe a month left. You may not intervene. But when you're inserting some new healthy seedling, maybe a transplant that's going to be young and kind of vulnerable, or you're dropping some new seeds in there, you still want it to be in the most healthy environment, right? Right. So, 
No, and I think that's a, that's a solid point because if you add it to that, I mean, you're just going to be chasing that dragon mm-hmm. the whole way. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be constantly trying to, you know, treat it and you don't want to do that. Yeah. So, um, and give yourself some time in between too. So if you know you're going to be planting there and you know you have this plant that's sick, pull it out a week beforehand and just let it get, you know, let the sun disinfects and, you know, let water it and take care of it and just... You know, and if you treat stuff like, you know, if you're doing like a neem oil treatment or anything like that, um, I would do a treatment beforehand, too. So you can kind of everything is just nice and happy. Um, you don't want to put anything in a bad position. You yeah. Know? yeah. And I think we just have to understand what potential bad positions are in, because if I pull a plant, I'm kind of thinking like, oh, that whole the plant's gone. The issue's gone. Depending on yeah. what plant you're pulling and what plant you're planting, maybe not. You know, so well, you know, it's like I had flea beetles on um, my eggplants, and then um, a week, two weeks later, those flea beetles are on my tomatoes and the next bed over. Mm. They, you know, they, they went over there, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> It's, it, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Like they definitely like left and went over there. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have that. So they travel, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a friend of mine. I was telling him I was going fishing. I was like, man, the fish are never there. And he's like, man, fish have tails. What's wrong with you? <laughs> they swim. I'm like, okay. So it's same idea. Um, so you, you want to give everything a good treatment, you know? And I think designing the way you plant your beds from the get go being very thoughtful about how and when things are done growing mm-hmm. and what you can get rid of and what you can't and what are more susceptible to other things really sets you up into the right place. Yeah, I think that's the most ideal, though, because a lot of what I learn is through trial and error. Right. right? You know, so sometimes I have to um, stumble upon something and realize, oh, that didn't really work that way. And again, to be honest, really, really honest. I like, to, I like to be able to take the liberty of saying, I don't know what exactly is going in that bed. I'm going to decide now, right? Yeah. Um, it does give me a little bit of anxiety coming into it. Like, I still feel like, you know, for a fall, I'm still kind of winging it, you know? Um, and I'm okay with that for now. It gives me a tinge bit of anxiety because I just feel like I'm, um, I am, maybe the, the term is, the time is precious and I don't want to feel like I'm squandering it. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the way I look as if you got something to grow and you ain't squandering shit, yeah. you know what I mean? You have that opportunity the whole time. Well, the reality is if I go back to the days of only having a summer garden and I let my summer garden go through until that frost comes about, it, I'm going to make the argument for again. I'm in some cases still getting food, like real food yeah. out of the garden. Now, if we go back to that whole question of, are you getting new peppers and new tomatoes or not? There's that. Right. Um, for fall, we're just saying we have an opportunity to get some different types of food, right? Yeah. Um, maybe some food that will last further into the um, fall and winter season then maybe some of those summer crops like once you pull them off of the plant once you're storing and preserving and so on so variety you know diversity think about it like this too when you plant and um you get when you get your first frost it's not like you get your first frost and it's like every day it's cold and every day you know it's Mm -hmm. it takes a while you still have some warm days in there so um Correct me if I'm wrong. You do have warm days after you get a frost, I do have right? some warm days in there. And it's an excellent point because some of the vegetables that I'll plant for fall are more um, 
more frost tolerant, more likely to survive that super cold or frost just tolerant. cold and then getting warmer again versus we know if we get a frost or freeze that summer tomato plant is done right yeah yeah there, there, there there's definitely crops that are more frost tolerant mm-hmm. um and that's good so you can grow them when it's hot mm-hmm. but as they start getting bigger and bigger <laughs> as they start to get bigger and bigger as they start to get bigger and bigger you um you know they need they can take the cooler and cooler and they need the cooler weather mm-hmm. so that's something to really you know know what you're planting it goes back to know what you're going to plant yeah. you know and so my sweet potatoes for instance like i know i'm going to pull them out of the ground somewhere between september 1st and october 15th i know it's a big difference but um so in that timeline i know that like hey i have this area that i can plant and i know that i still have a couple weeks before my last frost my first frost i know that i'm still gonna have some warm days so how can i use that bed to my advantage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know now the benefit of pulling up the sweet potatoes is the whole damn thing's gonna get turned over yeah you know so um you know i'll be putting like for instance like i plan to put radishes carrots and um probably lettuce in there or either well, I did collards last year, I believe. So I think actually kale will be the second choice. And then that those are all quick growing. The carrots aren't quick growing, but the goal is if it's not too cold, they will they will sprout and they will continue to grow. And then I'll have an early spring crop of carrots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So because in part you're based on how cold your temps get or that your cold your temps don't stay freezing for 15, 20, 30 days. Right. Um, I I was just thinking about um, the vegetables when you mentioned your sweet potatoes, the vegetables that will stay in my garden through fall, basically, until right. that first frost. So things like my sweet potatoes, just to try to get to the full number of days, 100 plus days, I'm going to leave them in there and probably pull them up just before the frost. So that bed would not be used for um, fall plantings. You know, I have an opportunity to prepare, um, you know, the cage baby, which has tomatoes. If I'm so bold, right, that's an opportunity to plant fall things. Um, The two large beds in the front yard that have melons and cucumbers and tomatoes and peppers, that's an opportunity for me to prep that bed for fall. Um, you know, again, transitioning from summer to fall, um, that's probably going to mean some interplanting, um, as you always like Mm -hmm. to describe, like planting something under something else, um, Mm -hmm. places where I may have flowers that are large and like annuals that are large enough. It's a large enough space or a container, you know, um, if they've petered out, that's an opportunity to kind of get ready to transition, whether it's, preparing for fall vegetables or fall flowers even because there's always that yeah and i mean it sounds like you're kind of doing the same thing i am as you're like looking around and you're saying okay here's a place where i can put something here's a place tuck something in you know and you're you're gonna start tucking stuff in Mm -hmm. and eventually it'll grow more and more so for instance this week i went through and i pulled up my um one section of my bush beans were done Mm mm-hmm um, so I pulled them up and I put rutabagas in. Mm-hmm. I just direct sewed them right there. Boom. Done. Um, I had some pumpkins that got ravished, unfortunately, by the uh, squash vine borer. 
which funny enough, when I read, said they would not be bothered by them. But you know what? You live and learn. You should stop so reading. Put, I, yeah, I really should. I put more um, rutabagas there because they are a long season crop. Mm-hmm. I have some more bush beans that I'm like, eh, I'm kind of all set on, you know, like we've discussed earlier. And I'm going to say right now, I'm all set on dragon tongue beans. I'm not growing those anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, they don't look like they're supposed to. Oh. They're not prolific. You How know, did David it's like, feel dude, about them? He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, he was like, Daddy, this doesn't look like the picture. And I was like, I know. Mm-hmm. He was like, mm-hmm. we got robbed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we didn't get robbed. but <laughs> Wait, he said that? <laughs> yeah, he said we got robbed. <laughs> and I was like, we didn't get robbed, but you know. So I'm going to pull those up and I'm going to put carrots in their place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm doing the same thing. I'm tucking and I'm starting yeah. in these different sections. Um, and it's just, it's, it's tricky, but as you get them going, like the, the hardest part is getting that first step. But then once I get those going and they're sprouting and you can see them and then you can move around and you can do other things and you know, it starts to get a lot easier to do. Yeah. Because there's nothing sadder for me than when that summer stuff starts to die. It's natural death, you know, mm-hmm. starts, you know, to look peak it, you know, and you don't have anything else around it. You know, yeah. it's, it's just for you me. You got like the one tomato plant out there and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, Oh yeah. yeah. And the thing is too, is you can, av- and I think, Honestly, if you planted a fall garden and you did it correctly, and I don't know what correctly is, well, I do. If you had like a full blown, like prolific garden that was very lush and happy as the season cooled, I, I would have, I feel very confident saying that our slight depression that we all get mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. the growing season is coming to an end would be very minimal because you already have something in its place yep. growing. Yep. So um, I think that could be something too, but what what do I know? And this may be understood, but I'll say it anyway. And we we use the term fall garden a lot, and we're really just talking about fall gardening. You know, like growing fall vegetables, vegetables that typically you know enjoy the fall temperatures, because the reality is, you could be a, a someone that practices fall gardening and only have a one or two things that you planted for fall. Yeah, it doesn't have fine. to be your entire garden space. It doesn't have to be yeah. an entire garden bed. Um, that's why when I was trying to think back, like, did I accidentally plant some fall things? And maybe or maybe not, you know, but lettuce is a great example of that. Right. So we've talked about how you miss some of the things you couldn't grow in the summer and you have a chance to grow them in the fall. You know, mm-hmm. not only is it a makeup for what did or didn't happen this past spring, it's a trial run for next spring as well. You know, yeah. so um, I think for me, I really just want to be able to produce food for as long as I can. Um, and I want to be out in the garden for as long as I can. So, yeah. And the, and the good thing about it, too, is the time of year, like, <clears throat> you know, let's say that you do like I do when we practice seasonal eating. Mm-hmm. You can still get those things, and I know they're not as good, but you can still get those things from the grocery store and stuff Mm -hmm. that are grown locally. You can go to farm stands and Mm -hmm. still get your tomatoes and stuff like that fairly long into the year. I mean, you know, a lot longer than you probably, because, you know, they're set up for those people. They have more open spaces Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. So um, it's definitely something to think about. And I think that having a fall garden, like if if I did it correctly, I would pull everything out and do it. And I think it would make me 
happier. But I think there would be so, so much downtime, it would drive me crazy. Well, I think for you, let's focus on you and your space and your area. I don't want to be focused on. No, no, it's okay. You'll be all right. Okay. It's yes, okay. ma'am. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> just based on how long you can grow into the later months, you know, your November yeah. and December. Um, I was thinking about like how many tomatoes you really need for a season how many peppers you really need for a season and this is for all y'all that are listening i mean i guess if you can hear me you're listening this is kind of a pep talk for myself like how much is enough right like right when you were talking about the guy that was like you know your greenhouse and i he wanted to grow tomatoes and you said something like you've been giving away tomatoes all summer like you really don't want to grow more tomatoes yeah uh you know so it it's that right you know the thing that i the one thing that i miss the most that i really haven't been able to master growing um which it's outside of season so that's why it's lettuce so one of the things the big things i look forward to growing in the fall it's i mean it, it sounds cliche i know oh you you're eating rabbit food you have a garden i really enjoy you know leafy greens and, and lettuce greens right yeah and i just really although i have some um summer um what is it, heat tolerant yeah i mean it's like you can eat lettuce once every three weeks or something and that's not the same and it's only two or three months but it's two or three months but anyway um so when, it, when you talk about like what you're trying to grow in the fall and it kind of feels like it just comes down to you making some decisions, sometimes some tough decisions about your space. You yeah. Know. How much do you want it for the fall? Right. <laughs> and I mean, that's the, I mean, and that's, well, my phone started ringing through me off. That's the big thing too, is, I mean, how much do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do, I mean, do you, you don't fill up your whole garden bed, do you? All of your gardens. Every year. Or let me, let me re- rephrase mm-hmm. that. This fall, are you planning to fill in all your gardens? Um, not with fall plantings, no. Okay, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, see, so, but you're planning on filling up a portion of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what you do fill up, I'm sure you're going to pack in there as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and I do the same thing. And I plan on filling all of mine out, but a lot of my filling is going to be like quick growing, like radishes. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be grow, seed, grow, harvest, done. Like, I don't plan on pushing anything to limits in some sections because uh, they don't get as much sun in the winter. Yeah. So last year I just had, you know, I had stuff in the ground, but it looked like crap all winter. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it just it was like I was treating it for bugs yeah. and stuff constantly. And then finally it started to grow. But by the time it grew, it was, you know, it was so much work. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, I had a four hundred dollar rutabaga at one point, you know, <laughs> it didn't even get to eat it because I was spraying so much because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just they kept getting ravished. So, yeah, um, you know, and that's the thing, too, is I don't think you need to completely fill out your garden. But I definitely feel like if you're going to do it. You should probably pack in what areas you are and fill them out and, you know, have fun design them because it's a totally different look for a garden. So we've entered the garden mental health portion of the show and there is a dangerous space. That's it's a new new (laughs) section of the show Um, or it's going back to all of the garden therapy, you know, that I used to receive. Um, There's all it's also okay if you decide against planting some things in the fall, like. You know, my fear is always garden burnout, right? You know, so when you mentioned, you know, all of the work you were doing, trying to keep that thing healthy, you know, spraying and intervening and all, 
you know, you don't want no pun intended to leave a bad taste in your mouth. Right. You right. know, potentially successful spring, successful summer. And here you are, are you forcing the envelope, I guess is what I'm trying to get to, you know, um, or pushing the envelope It's pushing. That's the saying, right? Pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing either or both of those? You know, So it's, it's the moment of, I was looking at my sunflowers and saying, I would really love to plant start some more sunflowers and plant to have another round of sunflowers. Then I was walking through the timing and saying it's taken two months from the time they were planted, which they were not even a foot tall to start forming heads. And that's two months coming from the cooler weather going into what we would consider hot weather here. I basically have another two months before I'm going to be, you know, getting a frost. The reality is sun being lower, cooler temps, those sunflowers aren't going to get not the 10 or, you know, 10 feet ones. They're not going to get to their full potential. Right. No. So let it go. But what does it hurt to try? You well, know what I mean? And that's, I think, I think there's something to that though. I think, yeah, I could try it, but it is space. It's, you know, uh, another seed that I'm using. It's let's think about using that space for something that has a better chance. Yeah. Right. And then you clock it in as a failure, though, if you do it and it doesn't grow, mm-hmm. I think, you know, in your head, you'd be like, ah, I failed. Yeah. If I, you I know, mean, it's, like, it's, it's just one, six in one hand and half a dozen in another. If I do it, then I realize, oh, I'll have two kind of growing points for sunflowers. And the reality is that could work, but not when you're at the end of July saying, let me yeah. do this. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> like, know, I was joking when I said that I can't grow sunflowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I go back and I, because I, that statement made me think about it. And the whole thing was when I planted out in the spring, we didn't get a drop of rain mm-hmm. and from May 1st to May 31st. Yeah. And that's like crucial timing yeah. in the spring. Yeah. Uh, I remember it was so dry and a lot of things. And I just, I don't have enough. I can't water everything. You know, mm-hmm. some things just need to be, just grow on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why. But, you know, I clocked that in my head as a failure, even though I'm like, oh, wait, we, we had a drought. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't get rain for a month, really. That's not good. So um, that's kind of part of it, too. Yeah. So, And the other thing that I was thinking is like, if you're if you're like me and you're direct sowing your seeds, you got to keep them wet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, especially right now, it's hot. You know what I mean? So you got to keep them some- wet, but also consider um, and depending on where you are, if you are in a very wet climate. You could be potentially harming the other things that are planted. Yeah. So that's it, exactly right. It's absolutely I mean, posi- you possible, but you got to be careful there. Yeah. Like my rutabaga seeds, like I can't water the whole bed every day. Mm-hmm. So I've got to go out there and hand water that portion of it every day. I give it a little sprinkle. Yeah. And that makes a big difference. So that's just something to keep in mind, you know, and as you get closer and closer to the end of the year, you're going to have to adjust your watering based on the temperature and the sun and all that stuff. So yeah. here's a secret. When I plant some things and the, you're not like supposed it, to tell secrets. Oh no, that's okay. Um, okay. We can tell this one when I plant something and it's a real secret too. When I plant some things like in preparation for the fall, I kind of hedge my bet. Like I am one part of me is like, Oh, I really want this to grow up in the fall. And then other parts it's like, Oh, if not, it'll overwinter. Everything doesn't overwinter, but it'll overwinter. And guess what I'll find in the spring, you know, right. cause it's just still growing food, but just at a different time than I originally planned for. And um, does that work for you? 
It does because it's such a pleasant surprise in the spring, you know. And well, what I mean is, do you have things come up that you didn't think? And if you do, what are they? Um, spinach, kale, um, some flowers. And we're, I mean, some, S-O-M-E, flowers. So this isn't just like your volunteer situation. This is something that Mustards did this for me this year that I intentionally planted that didn't produce until at some point, many months later. Right. Um, so yeah, those are a few things that that's worked out for me. Yeah, that's um, you know, I've thought about that a few times, and I've never really had any luck with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I'm messing with the soil too much, and Could things be, are getting yeah. buried deeper, or you know what it is. But I don't really have that benefit. One thing I can say you can do is take a um, handful of peat moss and and wet it and put that on top of the seed oh yeah yeah. and so it doesn't get if it does get dry it doesn't get encrusted over mm-hmm. and the seed can still pop out yeah because uh, depending on some seeds moist rot, longer and that's what you're yes. trying to prevent there yeah mm-hmm. yeah well you're trying to have it rot but you're also giving it an opportunity to easily come up and that peat moss really holds water mm-hmm. a lot better than your soil will mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so Absolutely. um yeah and i did that over the spring where I threw some flowers out and then I would just come back and just sprinkle peat moss. I didn't even put any effort into Mm -hmm. it. And sure enough, wherever the peat moss landed is where they would grow. Yeah. So that made a big difference. So another thing when it comes to what you have in summer and in kind of gearing towards getting it ready for fall, this is a prime time for preserving, right? So while we love to see their tomatoes on the plant, peppers on the plant, all of these things still on the plant, you know, Pull some of that stuff off of the plant so you can get it preserved, if not eaten fresh. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you're going to have the plant and leave it out there, you need to be harvesting as often as possible mm-hmm. to keep it productive. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a big part of what you're doing. So, uh, you know, pay attention to that. And I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And that's actually typically my busiest time of year is August and September, mm-hmm. um, maybe maybe into October mm-hmm. I can be doing a lot of canning yeah. you know so and then and also curing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. canning freezing and curing I'm always drawing something like I mean I'm always drawing herbs or something like that yeah it's a big time but, for um, processing things that came out of the garden processing. Mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly right yeah. and that's where I mean for me that's where the biggest bang comes in for your buck you know what I mean that's where you sit back and you look and you're like damn yeah, man. We did something, so <laughs> that's a big deal. So just a quick note, um, depending on what I was growing there before, like for summer, and what I'm planning on planting for fall, um, I may add uh, some compost in when I plant mm-hmm. for fall, especially if it's like a half a bed worth or a full bed that I'm planting in. Um things that I had that were heavy feeders, you know, um, there is a little bit of acknowledgement when it comes to rotating crops for this, just a little bit. You get, you guys know, kind of my, you know, general, uh, is it really hoo hoo? Yeah. Uh, or is it woo woo? Which one do you say? Um, yeah. So there is a little bit of that consideration for me in my space. Um, if I have enough clear space, generally I'm adding compost. And I think we came to the conclusion that that may have just played in my favor over the years. Yeah. Um, so my big task for the week, you want to know what my big task is? Yes, please. I'm going to the wild garden. <clears throat> I'm going to go out there and I'm going to weed it good. I'm going to get all the weeds up. 
Um, I want, I'm going to reconstruct it. So I have two separate beds with like a one, maybe two foot path down the middle. And I'm going to combine it in the one, one bed and, uh, make it a traditional row garden. Oh, okay. Um, that's what I want to do. But so I'm weeding it. I'm going to pull up the wood, make it that, and then I'm going to come back in and, you know, I've been making compost all year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take half of my compost that I've been building all year and I'm going to put it out there as thick as I can and as deep as I can and what's out there growing because things just don't grow well out there. And I, I know it's just, I got to keep working the soil, mm -hmm. working the soil. So, um, I'm going to do that and then I'm going to pull up all of the, um, dragon tongue beans that are there because they suck and I'm going to put my carrots there and then I'm going to harvest what carrots I've had growing there for almost a year that just are just stagnant because that's where I'm going to be putting, um, Brussels sprouts in the next, you know, month maybe. So I'm going to start getting that ready. And if, if they're not growing, I'm just going to get it out of there. You know what I mean? Let that soil rest for a little bit and give it a good fertilization before I put that. Um, I'm going to give it a real heavy fertilizing um, dusting before I put that compost on top. Okay. So, and I'm going to put it right on top of that straw mulch that I have out there. Mm -hmm. That's my plan. So just to one know, one of our least favorite, I think Mrs. Gardner is the only person that enjoys this in the world. Um, if you've been neglectful, this is a good time to, in preparation from one for one season to another, go through and weed, weed the garden. Yeah. Weed the garden space. Um, there's a spot on the side of my garage that's like all kinds of like dirt and wood chips and, you know, kind of little bitty rocks and pea gravel and all kinds of crap, right? And there's enough yeah. soil that's exposed to the sun where these weeds will grow up. And in part, I leave them for a while because it's pretty clear the stray cats don't really like to, you know, muck with that area. But it also right. is a space for um, weed seeds to perform or to form if I leave the weeds there long enough. Um, mm -hmm. And then it also is a space for kind of other bugs and things, you know, to kind of fester. Right. Yep. Um, so I did that this week. It wasn't a part of my garden walk. It wasn't on my garden list. I just looked at it and said, you know, it's time. <laughs> so um, it's a good practice kind of going back to the competing resources, especially if they're in your garden bed, you don't want the last of your summer vegetables to be competing for resources in that soil competing with the weeds. And you don't want what you're putting in there to be competing with the weeds either. Exactly. And I mean, that's the whole thing too is, and I mean, I don't know about you. Like, how do you weed your garden? Do you do it all at once? Do you do it piece by piece? You know, um, I generally will spend an hour at the most and it's basically get through whatever I can get through in that hour. Um, so a day, I, a week, a month, a year. It's, I'll be frank, you know, I get the question, does mulch really help? And it does. There's some garden beds yeah. that don't have, mulch on it of any kind but that garden those garden beds have really big vegetables in them that are covering the soil um a lot of my weeding now is like outside of the garden beds you know so it's a long yeah. walkways right it's between cracks you know and i generally um kind of spot weed if you will you know that's what vinegar is for oh you it's just not that's just not the way i roll i get it like that's just easy it seems like a waste to me when i could just pull of of good vinegar? Of good vinegar. <laughs> well, hey, if you love vinegar that much, go for it. Of good vinegar. I um, 
I do mine in batches. So, I mean, as, you know, as I'm out there working and because I use the mulch as well, I don't have as many. And so, like, if I'm out there and I'm picking and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll pick a couple things. But then, like, I'll go out to the wild garden. And I know. And it's, you know what? It's the paths. Mm-hmm. It's honestly the mm-hmm. paths out there that need it. And I'll go and I'll do a solid weeding. And I also need to reconstruct my strawberry bed. Let's, so, uh, and, you know. I'm not ready to talk about strawberry beds. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. So, um, you know, that's fall transitioning from summer to fall can be tricky. And I, you know, I urge everybody to kind of give it a shot and see, see what you can do, see what you want to do, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think about what you want to do and give it a go. Um, if it's, if it's starting to get cool anywhere you are, get some seedlings, you know, yeah. Um, starting seeds. We've talked about starting seeds earlier on. Um, you know, so I think it's worth a shot. What do yeah, you think? Definitely check out your garden centers. A lot of mine are kind of on their last leg now. Um, but poke your head around and see if they have still some healthy things that are more suited for fall. And definitely, I mean, I think at that this point, think about all the money you've saved with the other means that you've used to plant your garden. It's okay to spend a couple of dollars on something for the fall if you think it's going to produce something you want. Uh, Especially at this point where, I mean, in the higher zones, you still have time to start fall-like things from seed. You know, when it comes to like your zone being in, in under, you know, so you're eight and lower. I, we're we're really at the point where you're not starting a lot like your, your brassicas from sea. Like that's pretty much yeah. done, you know. Um, and that's I mean, okay. I've had mine going. I've had mine going for a month. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and, and they're slow, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, it's and I, I say if you're going to start your fall garden for the first time this year, I would just buy transplants personally, and just give it a shot. Mm-hmm. It's one less thing you got to worry mm-hmm. about. The only you thing know, I would probably say would be to be quite frank lettuce it's so cheap there's so many seeds generally it's a faster growing you know not every single lettuce but a lot of lettuces a leafy lettuces especially are faster growing you can scatter those seeds and if nothing comes up nothing comes up um, but because i've seen lettuce seedlings or transplants and it really hurts my heart that people purchase those yeah. Well, and you know, the one benefit of those is you go to buy them, you buy a six pack and you end up with 12 or 14 of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're double or triple in the pot. So, um, think about th- that too. That's for us cheap folk out there, mm-hmm. true, true. but it is time for the recipe of the day. Oh, okay. I have been tasked with giving the recipe of the day, and I'm not convinced that it's my recipe, but it's okay. I'm going to give you my special invention that I may have made, given before, but I don't know. If I haven't, then you get it, and if you have, to go eat it again. So what I'm going to do is we're going to make a sandwich. Wait. And we're going to take a... In the middle of our challenge, we're making sandwiches? Yep. We're going to make a sandwich, okay. yeah. For breakfast or so, for dinner to be consumed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is we're only doing for lunch. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. So we're gonna get a piece of bread, two pieces of bread, and you're gonna get some hummus, and you're gonna smear smear the hummus on there. Mm-hmm. Have I given this out? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Okay, you're smiling, so. I'll tell you why. Um, I use everything bagel, everything um, hummus, but you use whatever flavor you want. And then I slice a cucumber, nice and thin. I slice a jalapeno, and I put it all of that into the toaster oven under broil. And I broil it until it gets a nice brown sheen on it. And then I go pull it out, put some salt and some pepper on it. And then I add spinach on top, close it up. And then you've got a nice, simple filling meal. Uh, you can also add onions if you want, but it's every vegetable that is on there is easy to grow. And a lot of people grow in their gardens. So it is definitely a fresh food. And that's it. I mean, it's so easy. What What are you... What are you doing over there? So 24 hours ago, I had a text conversation with a buddy and I brought up hummus and the reply was, I hate hummus. It's guacamole mm-hmm. for assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But it's not. I get the idea of maybe not enjoying hummus because I'm a bean lover. You know, I mean, you know, I get tired of hummus and, you know, we stated this on the backyard kitchen, which is why we don't eat a lot of it. And this is really the only way that I will eat hummus. Um, I, I just got tired of it because I was like, eat your hummus, eat your hummus, you're a vegan, mm-hmm. eat your hummus. I'm like, damn, I didn't know when I was a vegan, I had to be a hummusitarian. <laughs> so, um, but it, this was one thing that we did make that I still eat to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very good. But the key is broiling it. You've got to broil it and you've got to put salt and pepper on it. For it to have that charred, kind of charred taste? It just gives it a little bit of a crisp. Mm-hmm. It warms it up a little bit. You know, it's just, it just makes a difference. And it's not as goopy. <laughs> you know, it kind of dries up yeah. the chick, the um, the chickpeas, yeah. the hummus a little bit, and all that. So, okay. um, you know, as you guys know, I eat simple. We eat simple recipes, fast, easy, um, typically delicious. The thing about that recipe and the use of hummus is, it it's going to take the place of when you would normally add mayo or something, something that maybe is a little bit more calorie heavy. Well. It's so the difference in between hummus and mayo, let's just use those two, is um, it's the kind of fats in it, but also it has protein and it has um, carbs in it. So, which can be a bad thing that it has the carbs, but there's more to it. It's not an empty box food, is what I call it. Hummus isn't. Hummus is not an empty box. Agreed. Yeah. So, an empty box food is something that you eat that just basically doesn't have any nutrition. Mm -hmm. And then you have your big box, you know, yeah. hearty stuff. So It has as much protein as lettuce. Ha- I'm sorry. I'm not going to go back there. I'm not going to dig that hole from this spring. <laughs> nah, you know what? I don't even care. The whole point of that is everything. Vegetables has some kind of protein in so it. So what's the name of that recipe then? A chickpea sandwich or a hummus sandwich. I don't know. I'm going to go with it. There's no name. Well, we just named it. We did. Um, yeah, cause the thing is, and when you're a vegan or a vegetarian, the number one question I got was, where do you get your protein oh, from? Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, son, I'm not out here. I'm not a bodybuilder. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's not hard. So, um, now I will say that beans are harder because they have more carbs in them. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be very careful, but. Depends on your activity level. Throw caution to the wind. Load up on the beans. 
No, well then you yeah. then you got other problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're good for your heart. That's yeah, all I got to say. Yeah, yeah. So, are you going to go out right now and rip out your whole garden and start a, a fall garden? No. No. That was me considering it. That pause though. Yeah, I'm gonna go out there and tell you and do exactly what I told you I was gonna do. But no, me either. But it will be interesting. I'm gonna be. I want to. I'm interested to see how everybody starts transitioning over Mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. a fall garden. It's going to be really interesting to see. And the only way that we can really see that is if you send your garden pictures to Backyard Gardens TV. We will share them. But that's something that, you know, we want them all year long. So whenever you're listening to this, um, I want want them in the wintertime. I want to see the bare bones. Mm -hmm. I want to see it in the summer, spring, fall. You know, I'm curious. You know, there's something cool to be said about a tomato plant with tomatoes on it with a kale plant right next to it, ready to be harvested. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So. Nah, I don't know if it's that cool. <laughs> Look, I'm coming whatever. back around. I'm getting ready to get feisty here. I'm not sure if it's yeah, that cool. Yeah, now she's like, you know what the hell with it? I yeah. hate that. Yeah. I was actually, again, just thinking about, um, I'm just going to plan for 2022 to be the biggest kale season. Is it? Ever. I'm doing multiple kinds of kale. Because so. it hasn't really worked out yet for me this year. And I've been massaging my kale. Just saying. I can dig it, man. Yeah. But I massaged it. I even massaged it on the second season of the Backyard Kitchen. Ah, nicely done. Yeah. Miss Gardner was like, what are you doing? (laughs) I was like, well, you have to call Batavia and ask her what I'm doing because this is how you do it. I'm telling you, we're making good kale. Um, And kale massaged kale is absolutely a great lunch addition for hashtag byg lunches yeah well for you not for me Uh, because you don't have any i don't have kale yet no not yet i got charred yeah i have to pick like the specific days because i basically have enough to like (laughs) eat on two lunches yeah so this is a week before that starts um and i am recording i was literally out there the other day looking and saying what of my seedlings can I get out here and maybe get a harvest halfway through Mm -hmm. the month and it was basically like chard was all my only option because I have one chard plant and I have to share that with the bearded dragon so um, his ass might have to go hungry yeah what I have is what I have like there's no there's nothing arugula is probably the only thing that may be able to plant now and still get towards the end of the month so whatever yeah. is out there is out there my chart has been pretty slow to take off this year um, dude my chart didn't grow at all last year so I'm happy that I'm getting it this mm-hmm, year mm-hmm. but that's what that compost does yeah there it is so. all right everybody you've heard us ramble about starting uh, from summer to fall so do yourself a favor Go out, if you're not out in your garden, which you should be if you're listening to us, walk outside, grab your pruners, and just start cutting like Edward Scissorhands and ripping stuff out of the ground. And then take your seeds, stick them in your mouth, rip them off, and just throw seeds, make it rain seeds. Water it, and then follow us and share us with your friends. And until next time. See ya. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If you want to see what we're up to or just stay up to date on all the announcements regarding the show or anything gardening, then you can follow us on Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV.
We love seeing what you guys are doing. So use hashtag BYG podcast in your post and we'll be sharing your gardens with the Backyard Gardens community. And check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens where we will post this show, all of our other shows, clips, and then also some gardening tips and just gardening entertainment. And you can see us at our website at BackyardGardensTV.com. But that's it for today's show. So help us as we learn to grow and grow from change. And until next time, we'll catch you guys later. We'll call this one a wrap. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.